You're listening to another episode of the Zag. Eric Christophe here. Excited to be joined by a 2012 NLC DC fellow. And she's also the new prez of NLC. Claire Preston English is here. Excited to connect with her. Catch up on all the things she's learning on her listening tour and all the things in her life in general. So let's get to it. All right, Claire, do I have this right? Are you from Cincinnati? Is that is that a true statement? That is a true statement. Hey, Eric, thanks for having me on. And hi to everyone who's listening in. I, I did. I grew up in the Midwest, the Queen City, and youngest of, of three girls and uh, always had my eye, though, on, on coming to D.C. I uh, first fell in love with it when I, I came to uh, D.C. in the third grade, where my very brave aunt took me and my sisters and my two cousins, we all packed up in the minivan and came to D.C. for a week, and I just fell in love with it and got to come here um, and go to American University for undergrad and then just have stayed ever since. And I was curious when I talk to people from Ohio, Ohio has played such a pivotal role in so many of our political happenings in our lifetimes. What's a misperception of Ohio? What do you want people to understand about that state? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that question, Eric. Ohio is this great place where I, I really feel Midwestern in my bones. There's a piece where I talk about this with my husband too, where he, he grew up in Michigan. So there is that rivalry, of course, but this <laughs> Midwestern, the Midwestern pride is there in terms of how, you know, I, I grew up with parents who were manufacturing um, and uh, there's just the true salt of the earth uh, perception there. And I knew growing up, you feel how uh, sometimes the other parts of the country might see you as flyover country, but I knew that these were folks who were particularly seeing the work my dad did uh, were the backbone of America and helping truly literally make America work and also grew up with parents who were really civically engaged. I have a lot to thank them in terms of helping them um, or helping me perceive that I could someday go out and pursue my own my own dreams in public service. So also grew up in just a, a place where we, we took a lot, of, um, a lot of pride in the work we did and also had a um, really, really keen eye in in civics. I imagine it has to be like folks who grew up in Iowa where you've got the caucuses going on in New Hampshire. Just there really is this sense of ever since a little kid, I had been raised to, to pay attention to uh, politics and civics. There's definitely a lot of things you're paying attention to now. So you, you know, semi-officially started at convention and then, and really came on board a little bit later after that. And you've been on a listening tour as a new boss of, of NLC. What were some of the main things you were trying to accomplish with that? And what have you learned so far? Yeah, I've been really grateful that all of our so many alums have been participating in the listening tour. So we've been chatting with all the chapter directors, which I know how much of a just truly, you know, Eric, too, mm-hmm. how much of a part time job that is or even sometimes full time and wanted to hear their perspectives of what it's like on the ground. What is it like in their particular region or city and what are the opportunities and challenges that they see? Because so much of my vision for NLC is that I want to make sure that the the member, the alumni, the fellow perspective is the foundation of any of our strategic plans moving forward. And I have very much my eye on what is the vision for this organization that will um, create sustainability while we're here 10, 15, 20, 50 years down the road. I have, I always say that I want us to be the the old folks in the back of the room at convention 50 years <laughs> from now, really proud and, and learning what it means to be progressive to new generations of leaders. And we'll get into, into some of the vision stuff that you're talking about. But I'm curious too, because I feel like a lot of alums are in a somewhat similar position to you in their professional life where they have opportunities to step into executive director roles or president roles of of pretty significant uh, and large organizations. 
what advice for them would you have about getting in, um, approaching, uh, being in a, in a space where you're the boss and new and something has already been around for a while and established, like, how did you kind of think through the challenges that coming into an org at this point in its, its time frame, uh, was actually happening? I took the approach, Eric, of I have two ears and one mouth. So it was really important for me and living my leadership values of servant leadership, of a collaborative spirit, particularly in an organization like New Leaders Council that's so membership driven to make sure that I took my time where I have, uh, as being an alum and someone who's been very engaged with the organization, of course, have a a vision for where we can get going, but I want to make sure that it's informed and instructed and even sometimes challenged by our membership. So I think it's important to be able to find the right balance for you of really knowing yourself, knowing your own values as a leader and owning those, and also then uh, listening to the folks that you're leading and serving with. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, vision stuff. What are you allowed to share? What are you thinking the most about these days as you talk to people and get ideas forming in your head? Give us maybe a sneak preview or some of the things that you want to do. Living, breathing, sleeping at LC for sure. <laughs> and I'm really excited. Uh, in Des Moines, I talked about the power of our stories. And through the listening tour, have that has just become even more and more crystal clear about how we are a place where folk stories in America that were traditionally not elevated, not amplified, not valued. At NLC, we bring folks who have been for so long actively disengaged and disinvited and unwelcomed from centers of power. And we bring them and say, how do you want to use your power in the world? And uh, to be able to hear the stories from even that I've heard from you in LA or even here listening to the podcast has been a Mm. great own listening tour, but also um, from folks from Arkansas to Maine, to Des Moines, to San Francisco, how so much power is in our uh, fellows and our alumni's individual stories and having been a lead trainer, that really important first weekend where we're introspective and look so deeply at who we are as a leader and where do we want to go and community for the common good. I've just been amazed and blown away by the individual power and then also the collective power of our organization. And even I've been through the listening tour also making sure that I'm reading great books by thought leaders. And even right now I'm going through new power and it speaks so much to the, to how we as a a collective network that has our own flavors in each different city or region, right? Uh, Or even each as individual alumni, but collectively come together and have such an incredible power for progressive change in many different sectors, whether it's folks who are running for office or serving in government, people who are going out and starting their own businesses or making change in the private sector or folks who are really rocking it in academia and, and nonprofits. It's just incredible to see the breadth of how much folks are using their own stories and their their passions and their paths to be able to make progressive change to then collectively, it shows how much the power of um, what I'm even thinking of as, as NLC magic. What's that X factor about us? So um, you'll see more and more how NLC as an organization, as a movement will be owning its stories. But then I also want to be able to create systems and programs and opportunities for our fellows and our alums to be able to continue to own the power of their stories. So that's been very true. And then second fold, I know everyone is really, this is particularly speaking to the alums, really excited for what's that next step. Uh, We are all um, proud of our institutes. We are continuing to think about how we can make the institute that six month programming stronger and even keep leveling up the 
the centers of excellence for the Institute, but everyone's also very curious in terms of what's the next step for alumni engagement. Many folks go on to serve uh, their chapters through being on the board, or they maybe come back as mentors or faculty or serve in national volunteer opportunities. But I'm really excited to think about how can we keep being that accelerator, that fast track for progressives, uh, making change wherever they deem fit best in their community and their their trajectory for their career and for how they want to make progressive change. Yeah, well, that's great to hear. And, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about some vision things and some other follow-up questions for the boss of NLC, Claire, is here. So thanks for tuning this episode of The Zag. We'll be right back. Yeah, I'm curious, do you feel like your job is going to be more challenging or there's more opportunity because next year is an election year? Oh, it's going to be it's going to be the same two sides of the same coin. Okay. Uh, I know when I was at executive director, she should run. This was a big question for us as well is how do you have a relevant voice? How do you make an impact during a presidential election cycle, particularly as a C3 organization with a with a specific mission? But there are, there are also huge opportunities to be able to leverage, again, the power of our stories and the millennial voice perspective, not as saying that we have um, the one idea figured out what all progressive millennials think about XYZ policy issues, but being able to keep uh, what we're thinking through right now is what are the platforms and the different types of activations where we're ensuring that our members are are linking up and being connected to how they can be engaged. And what we've heard a lot in the listening tour is also being, being the leaders among our generation to make sure that there isn't apathy and there isn't tap out because there's everything going on from, right, primaries to uh, elections up and down the ballot mm-hmm. to the census going on to other different forms of community activism that's happening in these political times. And we so we're really focused on making sure that, A, that our, our folks and our community members and our brothers and sisters in these causes um, – don't face burnout and are able to take good care while we're we're working on the causes that are so dear and near to our lives and our, our hearts, while also working amongst folks in our generation where uh, uh, making sure that we stay engaged and that this isn't a time where folks tune out, but they're actually tuned in and ready ready to act. And then for us yesterday, our uh, Saturday was actually spent selecting the new fellows, which is one of my favorite days of the year. So we had a ton of alums doing interviews, mm-hmm. a ton of people there. Yeah. What yes. do you either remember about your interview day as an applicant, or what do you remember about being involved in that day when you were on chapter leadership? Oh, Eric, I love this question. I agree. Selections is one of the, it's clearly one of the most important times because it shows how intentional the NLC community across the chapters are about uh very much cultivating a, a cohort of diverse in the broadest sense of terms of identity, background, um, career that you're in, while uh, being very intentional too about how, um, whether or not our program can be able to be the spot where they can accelerate their paths to progressive change. So it's just an, it's just an exciting time to show how much the organization is intentional about the community it's creating. And second fold is just this moment of intense camaraderie, a moment of you're having difficult conversations and we're modeling how we want to be leaders in the world. And I remember from my interview process, uh, I think that it, I remember being very, I remember being nervous. So shout out to any of the folks who've applied who are listening and they were nervous too. I was right there with you. Um, I remember it was the same night I was hosting a holiday party. So I had to go and rock it at this interview. And uh, I just remember 
thinking back, Eric, where there was just a point where at least I don't know if anyone else has felt this way who's maybe been woman or someone from an underrepresented group where you just have these moments of, of self-doubt. And I said, I'm just going to own it. I'm just going to go in there and own my qualifications, own what I have to offer. And it was one of the moments where I can look back out of any interview for a job or for any type of leadership program where I just felt so aligned with who I was and comfortable with being confident in that. And I think that's what's amazing about NLC is that even from the interview experience onward to now being president, it's always been this community and this structure to be able to help me and, and thousands more uh, confidently own what they have to offer the world. And I think back to even just so many of the different interviews I've been through, the selections process, uh, one that is is one of my favorite stories to tell is how um, back around 2013 was interviewing an amazing woman who talked about how she wanted to run for office. And I was at She Should Run and Women's Campaign Fund then. So we talked a lot about what her plans were and how she envisioned what her path to office would be. And she ended up being a member in that, that year's class. And her capstone project was about her first plan to run for office. And lo and behold, now um, she is Congresswoman Lauren Underwood, who is the youngest <laughs> black woman ever elected to office. And so that's just, that's the magic of NLC. Um, and uh, so selection time is always a great question because it brings back those very personal and also community memories. Yeah. Hey, last thing, what, uh, should folks do if they want to engage with you periodically or at least keep up to date on some of the things that you're cooking up and, and are going to move the org towards in the end of this year in 2020? How can they stay connected to you? Yes. So we have a couple of different opportunities. First is that there are a few more for our alums, open call listening tour sessions. So we're holding them at night where any alum can join up in uh, November or December. So we'll be continuing to email out those. There are a few more slots. So if you are available, even if you haven't been engaged in a while, a while at the national level, or if you've never been engaged at the national level, I really want to hear your feedback, your comment, <laughs> your perspective could be one thing that really helps switch on the light bulb of a new idea or a new way we can go. And the listening tour, all the findings are going to be um, channeled into an executive report we'll be sharing out with our membership in terms mm-hmm. of different presentations and communications in January. The listening tour is also very much inspired that I'm going to be launching an open door policy. We'll have office hours with me where any of our members can come in and chime in and, and give me feedback of what they're seeing on the ground. Really want to make sure that I'm committed that I'm, you know, I was you know just five months ago uh, an alum myself, <laughs> right? Um, who just, you know, like, uh, out every day, living my life, had my different thoughts about NLC. And I, I want to be able to make sure that there's this close connection, quote unquote, between the grass tops and the grassroots. No, this, this is an movement we're all in together. And so um, I want to make sure that we're closely connected. Love it. Well, listen, thanks for coming on. And thanks for all you're doing so far. Excited to see where things are headed and excited for everyone to catch this episode and all the past episodes of the Zag. You can find them in their usual spots, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, they're all there. And when we say all, oh, we mean a lot. 150 or so, I think, is where we're up to. So you can hear about amazing progressives in LA, across the country, all over. So check those out. And until next time, we'll catch you soon.